0: Welcome to Zoomies, your dog podcast. I'm Adriana Milne, a local dog trainer, and thank you for joining me this afternoon on Radio Karen. On our doggy chat today, we'll be talking about traveling with your dog. Have you had this opportunity before to take your dog on tour with you when you go on holidays? So we have had a... our little Kelly, our Cocker Spaniel come with us on holidays about three times already and she's scheduled to come soon when my birthday comes up in May. So the first experience we had with her was on a nice cottage in regional Victoria and was a dog friendly accommodation and uh, we brought all the gear along and she actually did really well. So I was not that sure. I know she travels very well in the car so it's important to is introduce your car to car travel, you know, like in the city perimeter is very likely expected because they are more used to it. But once you go more regional, some of the trips can take a few hours. So it's nice to have little toilet breaks here and there for your dog when you stop for a little bite to eat on the way. And uh, so a bit of wee break and stretch its paws. And then off we go again until the journey ends and we arrive at destination. So... One of the situations that many caravan parks, especially after the peak time of the summer season is over, when it's over, they accept dogs, you know, the pet-friendly ones. So they usually have some cabins who are um, pet-friendly so the dog can come and stay with you. And uh, so don't forget that you are sharing the common facilities, the communal facilities of the caravan park. And uh, you want to keep noise uh, quiet or down level you don't want your dog barking just keeping in mind that a lot of the stimulus a lot of things they'll be seen for the first time because some uh, if you go for like a week and away when there's more people um, on the nearby cottages and cabins they're going to have some level of noise from the neighbors so we are going to see trailers sometimes you've got kids on bikes going around and around like we experienced on ours a, a trip when we did um, recently and you're going to have sometimes, even in the evening, the local rabbits. <laughs> so being um, a Kelly, a gun dog, a Cocker Spaniel, oh, she got really excited when she saw the rabbits uh, and could sniff their smell at dusk. So just be aware that you're sharing and you want everybody to get along well. But it's a great experience. So um, that's talk about the caravan parks. From now on, um, off-peak, you're going to have more chance to book your pet well ahead of time and uh, plan plan before you actually the the date arrive be sure to show the certificate um, vaccinations are all updated to the caravan park managers and um, that all the paperwork can be sorted out prior to your arrival time and uh, yeah you'll be sure a great time it's a very good opportunity and experience for your dog to have and the younger you can introduce to this the best, okay, the best. So if you choose a self-contained accommodation, sometimes you can book a holiday home or a cottage that's pet friendly. You've got quite a lot of uh, websites that are for trips with dogs, traveling with dogs. You can Google, and there are a lot of arrange you'll come up, or you can have Airbnb, and on the search bar you can key in a pet friendly, dog friendly, and then the listing of the accommodation available that allow dogs uh, is going to come up. So any doubts, you obviously talk to the, to the site or to the owner of the place, and uh, it can be a very good experience. And try to maybe uh, focus on having um, a safe backyard, fully fenced for your dogs, so they can really have a good stretch, the paws, and run. And uh, just keep the noise, uh, you know, down in terms of barking, because some places you have neighbors next door, uh, resident neighbors. So it is a lovely experience. So why would you pack? for your dog trip some of the things obviously are a must do and to bring is a dog bed food and water bowl pet blankets dog toys dog treats dry and wet food long lead can be great for exploring the surroundings uh, during your holiday stay on the township where you are you can go trekking sniffing around having sniffaris, the towels because if now we are going into a period of time and start raining a bit more, the autumn and then goes into winter. If they get wet, you got nice towels, you know, to dry them out. So no dirty paws come uh, inside the house, and you don't get carpets dirty and all that sort of thing. Comb and brush, I think it's very handy to bring a shampoo as well in case your dog get a bit scruffy dirty, and then you can clean it up and you know rinse uh, the excess mud and towel dry absolutely after that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a very nice experience. So just have a think about, obviously, there are times you cannot bring your dog alone because it's just... Um you know it's not the place that you want it's not suitable they don't accept dogs or you might just want a break and in those situations just keep in mind to book your pet well ahead of time in dog-friendly accommodation in um, whatever way you may go if you're going to choose a pet sitter to come to your place and uh, pet sit your dog once twice a day or if you're going to have a house minder staying over during the night as well or if you're going to book a Dog boarding kennel. And in case if you decide uh, to book your dog on a boarding kennel, please just book well in advance because there are periods like Easter, uh, Queen's Birthday, the um, winter school holidays, when it's very, very busy, and Christmas, of course, and you need to plan well ahead of time. So don't leave, please, for last minute because uh, these places, especially the very good ones, book very quickly. Okay? On our next segment, continuing on the topics that we've been covering in regards introducing uh, life experiences for your puppies and dogs. We want to gradually expose our puppy and dog so they can get comfortable around some circumstances and objects and situations. So today I want to talk about it exposing them to different surfaces so some puppy schools um, start introducing puppies at very young age during their classes to they've got samples of different surfacing for the dogs to get used to and other times um, it is up to the owner to do this so I would really encourage you to do because say you got a puppy from a place that was just like indoors or just on the backyard so some of the puppies when come to the home to the future owner's homes they might not have seen ceramic tiles they might not have seen vinyl or you know gravel cement metal surfaces so that's why you want to introduce very slowly get them calm and encourage um, to build bit by bit their confidence levels other one that is quite important is stairs you know some people may live in townhouses and uh you know, sometimes the living quarters are upstairs where the bedrooms are or where the puppy is going to sleep. So slowly just get the puppy to start coming up the stairs and down the stairs. You don't want them running down because if they're very little, they could stumble and just fell rolling out down the stairs. So very carefully and reward uh, calm behavior and everything quiet. Sandwood, okay, Great grass even grass sometimes the puppies have not seen grass until they arrive in the future owner's house so um it's very um this is something that we like that by the four or five months of age they will have seen it all but depends on the surroundings of your house okay so this is very food for thought for you and uh, don't try to throw all at once at then you know at its own time and uh building confidence that's the way to go Other um, items that we like to introduce our puppies and dogs to is animals, you know, because sometimes um, they didn't have opportunity to see even cats when they're very little or a rabbit or birds or another puppies, friendly dogs. So if your puppy has um, been um, started puppy school at a young age, you have been already meets and greets with puppies, okay? And um don't forget that then once they get the vaccinations, they start coming on little walkies, they're gonna meet other dogs on the leash. They'll be passing by other dogs. So you want them to say hello to in a calm manner to and meets and greets politely, all the dogs. But friendly dogs only. If you see a dog with those yellow vest jackets, uh you know, like they need space. They are nervous dogs. Please don't let your young puppy approach those dogs because those dogs could be reactive towards other dogs and puppies, and you don't want your little young dog have a bad experience. Okay, so keep a safe space, and um, if you see they get very, very aroused on meet and greet, just try to open a little bit more space, get them focused back on you, and just say gentle, gentle, guide their interactions so they are not jumping at this friendly dog face because some adult dogs don't like the approach on that manner. okay so um, we are going just for a very short break and we'll be right back with the after the station announcements and you are listening to Radio Karen if you're, if you're the Karen, Karen way just, just call go Mitchell Joel, or, or in Patterson Lace Just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside. Just call Mitchell Tall. Buy Buy a seller house. house. Just call Mitchell Tall. Mitchell Tall. tall. Real estate. Oh yeah, little real real estate. estate. (laughs) We want more. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Zoomies, your dog podcast on Radio Karen. I'm Adriana Milne. Now we'll be talking getting a new pet for the family. Let's say your kids are keen in getting a dog. They haven't had a dog before. How would you go about it? Would you first discuss with all the family members what would be involved in getting one? Or would you just, um, you know... You just go straight and yeah, okay, if they want, let's start looking for one. So don't forget, um, depends how many family members you've got in your house, you need to discuss with your partner as well. It's not just a one-sided decision because um, you have to give food for thought because if you do situations like that and if you act just on impulse, you haven't had the opportunity to think it through as yet. Don't forget, getting a young dog, a puppy, there are ongoing costs. There's the purchase cost, of course. You're still are going to have to find where would you get this dog, this puppy from. Would you get from a shelter? Would you get from a breeder? Uh, keep in mind that shelter dogs uh, are really for experienced dog owners. You wouldn't want uh, an experienced dog owner to get a dog from a shelter. Simply because a lot of them have had uh, a past background, sometimes unknown, and uh, you wouldn't bring uh, a dog a totally unknown history, past history, to your house with uh, young children. I wouldn't advise that. Breeder, I would uh, suggest you get go to the website uh, dogsvictoria.org.au and you or dogs online d o g z online. So these sites have reputable register dog breeders out there where you can consider contacting in advance having a good chat with them and discussing what you are after okay don't forget so once you got your young puppy puppy age you've got quite more uh, cost on the first year of their life because you have to buy everything from scratch you know you're gonna have all the equipment buy. You're going to have leads, collars, bowls, beds, blankets. And on the first year of their life, they're going to go for all their vaccinations. So you're going to be seeing your veterinarian more often. And then you're going to have um, schooling. Obviously, you like to have in your puppy to attend puppy school. You're going to ideally have a dog trainer coming to your home to try to guide you setting this puppy from the beginning as they arrive home for success around your Family uh, environment, quarters, the space, and around your children, and then it will be advisable if you could continue this puppy education by uh, attendance of a reputable dog school from force-free dog trainers in your area. Okay, so you obviously need to consult the whole family because uh, and see they are all on board. Uh, in an agreement with a dog being part of the family life. So for some people, it might be just a totally new thing because some family members have never had a dog before. So walks, you have to think who is going to actually uh, regularly walk the dog on a daily basis. Do you have time? You know. So would you do a little weekly roaster so everybody put their name down and contribute once the dog has been trained how to walk on the leash? Uh, would everybody be involved? Would be only one or two people involved? Um, the feeding, feeding times, you know, who, how it's going to be, the times it's going to be early morning, needs to be fed, when they are puppies and they need three or four meals a day, and slowly they go down to three and then to two a day, ideally for life. Uh, the travel, if you happen to go on holidays, are you going to board this puppy, this dog? Are you going to use the services of a pet sitter? And keep in mind, pet sitter is the professional in pet care who comes to the family home and visits the the puppy, the dog, in your house, okay? Once, twice a day, or even three times, if that's the case. House uh, sitter uh, is the ones that um, come and usually stay overnight as well, Uh, So they sometimes can maybe retiree people or they sometimes have a job, part-time job during the day and they'll be staying a lot more on the house but in sleeping over as well during that long period of time not to leave your puppy dog alone. Um, Well, a pet minder, a dog minder would actually have the puppy, the dog at their place. So you transport the dog to their houses. You can always, and I highly recommend you inspect the pet minder home. And then you will be kept there. They will not come to your house. So, um, and what about weekends? That you normally go on family outings with your family. How would that be affected if you get a, a puppy or a dog? Okay, so these all have to be really uh, fought in advance. So uh, everybody is on board and in agreement when uh, to welcome this puppy that will be a new family member. Okay, so um, yeah, so is very important that we are um, involved together so there are consistency in terms of training and the quality of time spent with this young dog uh, so they get a bond and attachment with all the, the people in the house otherwise if only one person oh, this is my dog so I'll do everything alone no you want a nice relationship with um, everybody on the family not just one person Okay, because really in the end affects everybody if say your dog end up barking or you know uh, uh, what are you going to do you need people to the training that's taught this puppy this dog that everybody does is on the same page okay so they learn nicely a nice routine settles in the home and everybody including puppy and family, very happy together, living in harmony, what's really important. So now we will be going for another short break and we'll be very shortly back after the radio announcements and you are listening to Radio Karen. Uh, Mark, it's Wit from Spiderbait here. Uh, Are are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Uh, are Are you talking to me? No, what I said is, are you talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here, so who the hell are you talking to? Are you talking to me? (laughs) Listen in every Thursday night at 6pm. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Zoomies, your dog podcast on Radio Karen. Now I've got um, time to talk about some dog training tips for you. So... If you got a new puppy, have you thought about giving this puppy from the start home boundaries? Have you taught your puppy any boundaries at all at home? Some people don't give enough consideration for this. Uh, I find it quite important because... You really want to set them for success from the start as soon as they arrive home. that's uh, I can't uh, overemphasize how important, actually, if you are an inexperienced dog owner, puppy owner, to have some, a dog qualified dog trainer to come into your house and guide you on this. Each person uh, might have different opinions about this Um in between the family members so it's very important to discuss with your partner how would you like to set up this puppy and what you agree where the puppy is allowed it to go and where not uh, some of the tips that i can have to you if um, the puppy is going to be indoors a lot is mat training so i highly encourage uh, mat training so this puppy learns to have his own spot to rest by your side in the living room, where only great experiences happen there, where you teach the puppy to relax, where you massage and interact with him, and where he chews his chewy toy or Kong, and this mat becomes a restful and calming place. If you don't want your puppy to jump on your bed or on the couch, don't give attention or pet puppy on those surfaces because while on top of those surfaces otherwise um, he'll gonna get rewards for being there so lure the puppy back to its mat and interact with your puppy there it's much easier if these good habits are established now than to have to fix bad habits later on in the future okay Um, what happens if your puppy attention seeking behavior You know, is doing, doing, doing a lot of attention-seeking behavior. So, if you ignore this attention-seeking behavior, puppies try to get attention from you by displaying behaviors such as barking at you or at visitors. And you look in his direction, or if you get angry at the puppy, if the puppy leans on you, and you may rub or pet him. If the puppy jumps on you, you may either cuddle the puppy pick him up or say no to him don't forget when they're little they obviously are absolutely gorgeous and when they're little if you start picking them up and that's getting reward getting attention and greeting them um, when they jump you pick them up and greet them say hello they get used to that and then they're going to grow older right and then it's, it's becoming a bit annoying because you come home sometimes you might have come from if you work in an office all nice dress up or you went out for dinner you're dress up and then you got this big that grew in a bigger dog and jumping over you and, and you know if you come from the outside and the puppy has access to backyard the dirty paws making mess all over your clothes so it's much easier to try to reward the puppy to sit for greeting and everybody else the puppy meets okay so that gets rewarded if the puppy nudges his nose under your arm And then you pet and talk to him. That's rewarding attention-seeking as well. Or pulling the clothes from the clothesline. And if you get angry at him and sometimes may chase this puppy, you know, that's attention as well. Grabbing your belongings. Some people even yell, what I definitely don't don't recommend you to do, or chase the puppy trying to get these items back from them. So that's attention-seeking and becomes a game. Uh, and in those situations, I very much uh, recommend you to teach the public the leavet. It's an exercise that I teach and uh, I taught my away about 10 weeks of age because they are likely to pick up unwanted items laying around the house and if they ever ate or swallow unwanted things, it uh, could be dangerous. So the leave exercise is very, very important to teach them when they are very young as soon as possible. So it might initially look cute having the puppy displaying some of the above that I mentioned to you. But if you start paying attention to the puppy while doing these behaviors like the ones described, it will work for him and he'll start demanding your attention all the time. It doesn't mean you deprive your puppy from attention, but you shall give attention for the puppy on your terms when the puppy displays calm behavior and not when displaying attention seeking behavior. For example, if the puppy barks or scratches at the door... Uh, when the puppy is outdoors and by barking, scratching of the door, he's expected to be let inside indoors, inside of the house. So my suggestion would be don't let the puppy come indoors when he's barking or scratching at the door to be let in. Move away from the door. Don't give the puppy eye contact. Don't talk to him or say a word. When he gets quieter, then you open the door and allow the puppy in. Other important points to keep in mind when training your puppy. Nothing in life is free. Privileges in life should be earned. You as the puppy owner need to guide your puppy interactions in life with people, with other dogs, while interacting with their brand new world. Try to be calm when around your puppy. Puppies have a lot of energy so if you are a very aroused person and talk in a very high-pitched voice, moving your arms frantically and raising your ears, hands in the air, this will only arouse your puppy even more. A calm environment is the optimal learning environment for your puppy so he can learn to focus on the training exercises you are trying to teach him. Please don't forget that puppies have a very short attention span and at this stage in, in this life of their this stage in their lives, so you know they get very distracted very easily. Keep all your training sessions with your puppy short and often. Owners' departures and homecomings are calm and uh, just matter of fact, so the puppy doesn't feel any anxiety about you leaving him, or doesn't get over excited when you come back home. Be absolutely consistent in enforcing house rules for the puppy. Inconsistency leads to frustration and confusion. Set boundaries and limits to behavior and territory if appropriate. Puppy not allowed in the kitchen during meal preparation times, to lie on the mat on the living room, and not to sleep on the owner's bed. Well, (laughs) about the owner's bed, I have to say... That's a very touchy subject <laughs> I personally don't like dogs sleeping on my bed but I have met clients that really don't mind so I have to say um, it is a food for thought here and um, as long as it's not a problem to the people involved to your partner you know um, is a matter of a gentle and kind discussion within the family environment keeping in mind if, your dog sleeps in the bed. We feel you will really need for hygienic purposes to change your sheets much more often. And it would not be recommended for people who have breathing problems or, for example, asthma. Okay? Yeah, the sleeping on the bed is... Uh, <laughs> think about it. <laughs> Limit access to only certain parts of the house. Don't let the puppy set its own boundaries. Supervise access to puppies' desired objects and use the laws of operant conditioning reward desired behavior and do not reinforce or reward in any way undesirable or inappropriate behavior okay so now we will be going for another short break and i'll be right back in a little while and you're listening to radio karen oi 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 IGA, is shopping nights, IGA, where the price is right, Seaford North IGA, for your groceries and liquor, IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Welcome back everyone, you're listening to Zoomies, your dog podcast on Radio Karen. On our Dog Breed Profile segment today, we will chat about a very popular dog breed in Australia, our Australian Kelpie. So have you seen the Red Dog movie? <laughs> uh, I bet most of you have. We have two, two um, Red Dog movies. And you don't imagine, like at the time, I was running a lot of puppy school classes in the area. And uh, guess what? A lot of puppy kelpies were purchased at the time and they, you know, you could see much more larger numbers around uh, young puppies. Obviously, people fell in love We read Dog from the movie and decided to get one. The only aspect is great. They are absolutely fantastic, but keeping in mind, they've got a very, very intelligent dog breed, not for everyone, and they do need a lot, a lot of exercise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so very busy families, people away from home, incredibly long hours during the day. Not a great idea, guys. Uh, let's talk then about more in specifics of the Australian Kelpie. The Temperament. Robust, enthusiastic, and a tireless working dog. Excellent at herding. The Australian Kelpie is one of the most popular and successful working dogs. Kelpies are highly devoted to uh, one person and uh, far too work oriented and energetic for a house or apartment existence. Okay, so if a house is a small backyard, unless you are going to exercise your kelpie often during the day, or you've got a great help from maybe a dog walker or another neighbor or family member who can pop in and help you taking your dog out for great outings and adventures may not be for you they are very easily trained and keen on a the job they work they are working dogs they thrive on a job to do they are good with children when they are raised with them from puppyhood kelpies will try to herd other dogs pets and animals if they if the dogs or these animals want or not don't forget that uh, a lot of them come from working farm and sheep stations and uh, they will try if you take the, the kelpies to a dog park uh, to chase and herd other dogs, some more than others, okay? So you might need um, guidance from a professional trainer to, to be able to work with your dog and to, you know, the best way so the other dogs don't get disturbed as well, that this kelp will come on recall and give a bit of space for the other dogs to be able to let, let be in peace as well this is a a workaholic dog they are independent and in the business for themselves um, rather than for just pleasing the handler they can work all day even on intense heat covering 1000 to 4000 plus acres in those big long farms and stations they can use its nipping ability to turn more a stubble kitten, uh, stubborn Sorry, cattle. You know, the cattle that don't want to, to keep together in a group, they go and they just nip at their calf, calves. They so just keep um, them together in a group. They are happier when they have a job to do, like mentioned before. The Kelpie is not an aggressive dog, but it can be protective when needed and it will guard its family and their belongings when necessary, regardless of the risk to himself. Some of the health problems that it can happen uh, on a kelpie breed. Beware of progressive retinal atrophy, uh, retinal degeneration causing partial or total blindness. So this is one of the major problems to keep an eye on. The level of exercise. The kelpie demands a great deal of exercise, extremely high energy levels, and they need to be taken on long daily walks. Ideally, to have uh, an off area that's safe for them to run, okay, and exercise so they can really stretch and just um, use all that energy and burn that energy that so much uh, is required for them. Only lead walks is not enough. They still need mental stimulation, you know, the use of environment enrichment toys and uh, for food dispensing toys and f- toys that can make them use their brain and think, Okay, a life expectancy of a kelpie 10 to 14 years of age, the grooming, easy to groom, an occasional combing and brushing is all what he needs, and bathe only when necessary, an average shader, origin England, and the group is working dogs. I won't forget when um, I used to do a lot of dog walking um, for uh, quite a few years ago, and then i um, I had horses, and I took a couple of kelpies that I were my regular customers to the farm where my two horses were, and obviously horses, you go water troughs, and uh, <laughs> what they did when they arrived, straight away jump on the water trough, and at the time, the water trough was 100% ideally clean, wasn't filthy but wasn't ideally clean and was a bit muddy you know it was autumn so guess what straight after jumping water trough they roll in the mud so can't imagine the mess <laughs> that they were and me trying to clean them before putting them back in my van to drive them home so I actually had to give a bath on them with the, the hoses on the Adjustment, horse adjustment <laughs> so yes they uh, they love the water they love us uh, to do things like that um so i think now we are coming towards the end of our show today our program and um, i have to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast zoomies today if you have any ideas on subjects you like us to cover here please don't hesitate to send us an email to the station And the email address is info at radiocaron.org. And we plan very shortly to do some interviews with some awesome uh, people from the pet and the veterinary industry, some professionals uh, locally as well, and um, local pet owners that can contribute their experiences to us. Um, So this is all being penned out for the next upcoming shows. So I'll see you next time and have an awesome weekend with your dogs. And bye.